box a hatchy. Oh, I had no idea how to say that. <laughs> Nobody does. It had been six weeks since Marguerite died, and I'd spent four of those weeks on a ship bound for New York. Where are you from? New Jersey. Europe wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but my genuine friendship with a white French woman showed me how far my own country still had to go. All right, everybody listen up. Whites at the bow, colored at the stern. Whites at the bow. For those who've never boated, the, the bow is the front of the boat and the stern is the back. Well, um, it was nice talking to you while I could. The New York skyline was visible in the distance, so that meant maritime law was in effect. It was very nice getting to know you, Bessie. I guess the air is the only place to be free of prejudices. American Urban Radio Networks and Flying Free Films present Invisible Eagles, Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP and starring Quivenjene Wallace as Bessie, Episode 5, By Any Means. Did you know that AARP is fighting for America's over 48 million family caregivers who help adults live independently in their homes instead of being forced into nursing homes? Family caregivers need common sense solutions that will save them time and money and provide them with more support. Go to AARP. AARP.org for more information on caregiving. Now, back to the story. I arrived home on September 29, 1921, and even though I was really reminded of Jim Crow's chokehold on my country, I was excited to hit the ground running. Robert Abbott made sure the publications knew about my arrival from France. Miss Bessie Coleman, a colored girl of Chicago, 26 years old, who had been studying aviation in France for 10 months, arrived in New York on the American liner, Manchuria. She brought her credentials from the French certifying that she had qualified as an aviatrix. Miss Coleman said that she intended to make flights in this country as an inspiration for people of her race to take up aviation. It wasn't lost on me that only the black newspapers showed up to welcome me. Ten months isn't a long time, but it was enough of a stretch to dull my memory of constantly being reminded that I'm less than. The closer I traveled to Chicago in a segregated train car, the more whites-only signs I saw. That made my desire to elevate my race through aviation even stronger. My first order of business was to find a job. Broke people can't open flight schools. Excuse me, sir. I'm Bessie Coleman, and I'm a licensed pilot. Are you hiring? No! Again and again, I was shut out from every type of flying job. I'll do whatever job you have. I don't hire niggas. From commercial pilot to crop dusting, no one wanted what I was selling. Wait, wait, let me let me show you what I can do. I'm a fine pilot. Give me a chance. Um, don't colored folk have heavier bones? I started spending a lot of time at the movie theater. I loved movies. Even though all of us black folks had to watch from the rafters, I was able to live in another world for a little while and take my mind off my troubles. Phyllis. Trying to find a job is harder than trying to get someone to teach me to fly. I actually know what I'm doing now and have a license to prove it. Nearly the white folks haven't gotten any smarter in the time you've been gone. It's been six months of begging. They're trying to get me to quit and go back to the chili parlor. 
The Bessie Coleman I know ain't gonna let that happen. No, ma'am. I'm gonna go around the system. <laughs> what you got in mind? Well, the problem is I'm trying to get people to employ me, but they see me as unemployable. Keep talking. I need to forge my own path. I don't think I can do that in America. Really? But you just got here. I know how to fly the way employable people do. I need to learn how to fly like a business woman, like someone you pay money to see. <laughs> I like the sound of that. I'm going back to Europe to learn how to do stunts, and then I'm gonna put on exhibitions all over the country. What's a bigger draw than me? People will come from all around to watch me fly, both colored and white. <laughs> <laughs> A few of the women in the beauty salon overheard me and, and laughed. I mean, it, it is laughable to assume white folks would pay to watch a black woman perform, but what those women don't know is, I always do what I say I'm going to do. With the money I'll make, I can open my own flight school. If anyone can do this, it's you. Going back to Europe. Maybe you'll bump into that fine prince again. Kojo? No. I'm never going to see him again. Yeah, well, not with that attitude, you not. <laughs> In May of 1922, I got on another ship bound for Europe. I'd saved every penny I made to get there, and I vowed not to return to America until I was the best stunt pilot this country had ever seen. Excuse me, Captain Keller? Yes. Captain Alfred Keller was an ace bomber pilot in the First World War. For you non-aviators out there, to be considered an ace pilot, you have to shoot down five or more enemy aircraft during aerial combat. My name is Bessie Coleman. And? And I'd like to ask for you to teach me what you know. This isn't a school, and I'm not an instructor. I'm already a licensed aviator. Then why are you here, Bessie Coleman? No one will give me a job back in America. And to be frank, I don't want what they're offering. Who wants to dust crops or deliver products? Not me. I want to be a stunt pilot and put on my own shows. You can't get a job because you're a Negro or because you're a woman? I think both. I'm intrigued. Are you any good? Let me borrow a plane and I'll show you. I went up in that plane and flew the best flight of my life. So, what do you think? I know my stuff, Captain. Indeed, you do. I can't provide food or housing. I'll get a job. You'll have to train on my schedule. I'm a very busy man. Deal. I'll teach you what you need to become a stunt pilot. <laughs> yes! But I have some rules. Of course. Now, listen. You do everything I say. If being a pilot is dangerous, being a stunt pilot is asinine. One wrong move, and you die. And I won't take responsibility. You understand? Yes, sir. You're good, Bessie Coleman. But I'm going to make you great. Drive for speed! Okay! Now fly level and note your height! Check! Allow your speed to decrease. Increase your back pressure. No, no, don't pull too hard. Got it. Congratulations! You've just completed your first loop! <laughs> yes! 
You're listening to Invisible Eagles' Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP. AARP is fighting for America's over 48 million family caregivers who help older adults live independently in their homes instead of being forced into nursing homes. Every day, family caregivers assist their older parents, spouses, siblings, grandparents, and other loved ones so they can live independently in their homes where they want to be. They help with everything, including medication, Vacations and Medicare, meals, bathing and dressing, finances, grocery shopping, transportation, and more. Go to AARP.org for more information on caregiving. Now, back to the story. I took on low-paying jobs that allowed me some flexibility in my schedule. Training with Captain Keller was my number one priority. I'm sorry it's last minute, but I have to leave early. If you leave, don't bother coming back. Okay. I did not go back. Sorry to call so late. Yes, I, I'm, I'm sick. So, something's going around. <coughs> Can't get out of bed. And because I had so little money, my living conditions were less than ideal. Mouse! <coughs> but all of that was worth it. Performing stunts? <laughs> It was intoxicating. I was hooked. Every day, I went up in the plane with Captain Keller, and he pushed me further than I'd ever been pushed. Let's go. Today, you'll practice loop-de-loops. Today, figure eight. Today, you will learn to land the plane with the engine off. Yes! Start taking her down. Now, cut the engine! Check. Keep us steady. Steady! Ah, perfect. I'm ready for today's lesson. No, you're done. What? I have no more to teach you. You've perfected it all. It's time for you to put it to the test. I wanted more practice time, but I understood that Keller had taught me all he could. It was time to move on. Thank you for everything, Captain Keller. Good luck to you. I wasn't ready to head back home yet, so I traveled to Holland to work with Anthony Fokker, the Flying Dutchman. He responded to a letter I sent and offered to give me on-the-job training. I had no idea what I was in for. You want me to do what? Hesitation will get you killed, Bessie. Visualize what you want and go get it now! Captain Keller taught me the tricks, but Anthony Fokker taught me how to perfect them. During the time spent working with Anthony, I became an aviator. But, Anthony! Through the Deutsch, the angst! I don't know what that means! Push through Sophia! Okay! Looks like the rain is about to start! Take us back home! I thought we were gonna fly upside down! Not in this weather! I knew flying in the rain was dangerous, but I also knew that it wasn't raining yet, so. What are you doing? I am flying upside down today, Anthony. Bessie! I thought I'd be in trouble with Anthony once we landed, but. You've got spunk, Bessie Coleman. Keep it up. <sighs> Thank you for joining us this evening and welcome to members of the European press. 
Anthony invited me to a banquet celebrating European aviators. I was just happy to be there. The, the food was phenomenal. Before we get started, I wanted to highlight a good friend of mine called Bessie Coleman. I choked up my wine when I heard Anthony say my name. Bessie is an American. She traveled over the Atlantic to learn to fly because no one in her country would teach her. She was rejected time and time again because of the color of her skin. My heart is beating out of my chest. I've been working with Bessie for several weeks and she is hardworking and fearless. Everybody's eyes were on me. And on top of all that, she is the only American aviator who's ever crossed the Kaiser's Palace at Potsdam. Since I have all of you members of the press here, I wanted to say publicly that Bessie Coleman is one of the best aviators I have ever seen. And that, my friends, is when I became a celebrity in Europe. One newspaper said, and I quote, Bessie Coleman, the petite young American aviator, has stolen our hearts. I could hardly walk down the street without a reporter asking me how it felt to be the only black woman aviator in the world. My answer was always the same. It feels like I belong here. And every chance I got, I talked about my flight school dream. Blacks should not have to experience the difficulties I faced. So I will open a flying school and teach other black people to fly. At that moment, I was standing in an actual castle like the ones I read about in books. Oh my word! One of the perks of being popular in the land of kings and queens, I guess. Josephine Baker and I met at a French nightclub where she was performing. I took some time off from work in Holland to visit her in Paris. I don't know who invented high heels, but all women owe him a lot. <laughs> You're a woman after my own heart. Josephine took me to the fanciest boutique I'd ever stepped foot in. It smelled like exotic perfume and money. Excuse me? Can I try on these shoes? No, I don't think they'll fit you. But I didn't tell you my size. They're very expensive. She didn't ask the price. She asked to try them on. This is an elite boutique. I believe they are closing stalls in Yelp out of town. I don't think you know who you're talking to. This is Josephine Baker. I don't care who she is or you. This store is not for your kind. <laughs> and what kind would that be? Rich? I guess we'll be spending our money elsewhere. Let's go, Bess. <laughs> Wait, I apologize! Josephine Baker taught me a valuable lesson that day. Respect isn't black, and it isn't white. It's green. After three months of learning and growing, I made the trip back to New York, but things were a little different this time. The first time I returned home for France, I was recognized by my lovely people, and I felt special. This time, everyone was here. The New York Times and Chicago Tribune, just to name a few. Now, I felt powerful. Bessie! 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 Word of my accomplishments had finally reached this coast. I was gaining the notoriety I needed to be able to make some changes in this country. Before I left New York, I took in several theater productions, my favorite among them being Shuffle Along. It was the first show made by us, for us, and starring us. 
and their talented cast blessed me with a silver loving cup to commemorate my achievements in flying. Thank you so much. You'll, you'll never know exactly how much this means to me. It had been my dream to star in a movie since I saw my first moving picture in Chicago. Mr. R.E. Norman, I write to you today to propose you make my life story into a movie titled Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. So I decided to take matters into my own hands. As a famed film producer, I'd like to offer you the rights to my story before anyone else. While I was waiting to hear back from Mr. Norman, I was contacted about a starring role in a Hollywood picture. Pleasure to meet you, Bessie. Please have a seat. Thanks for bringing me out to California. It's so beautiful here. A black film company called Seminole was producing a film called Shadow and Sunshine. We're overjoyed to be making this movie with you as our leading lady. Your pretty little face is gonna blow the roof off these theaters. I'd love to hear more about the role. Happy to. And put yourself in the shoes of an ignorant black country girl, okay? She's been in a small town her whole life, just scraping by with the scraps she can earn from her backbreaking job, doing something poor, like maid work or sharecropping, washing clothes, something. We'll, we'll iron it out. She arrives in the big city wearing tattered clothes and using a walking stick. But she has a dream. Um, is there a script? Yeah, it's being ironed out. But, but, but don't worry your little head about it. We're going to make you a star. You're a black film company. I thought you'd make a movie that actually lifted us up, not kept with the same stereotypes. We make money, Bessie, plain and simple. This type of story sells. This isn't what I signed up for. This is exactly what you signed up for. You're not planning on causing me any trouble, are you? You're not threatening me, are you? <laughs> of course not. Here, let me get you a copy of the script. I think you'll like what we've done with the character. No, I'm no longer interested in being part of your film. You signed a contract. I expected more out of you, but I see you're just a low-life Uncle Tom. <laughs> you're even worse than them. Bessie, wait! I hated that things worked out that way. I really loved the idea of being in a movie. A few weeks later, I received a letter from that Uncle Tom producer. Pursuant to the contract signed with Seminole Films, you are in breach of contract and are demanded to pay $200,000? Yes, I was being sued. You're listening to Invisible Eagles' Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP, a production of American Urban Radio Networks and Flying Free Films.